Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Fans, it's great to have you back with us as we get ready for Giants baseball. A pleasure to welcome Stephen Katz to the show. He is the author of Candy Cummings. And Candy Cummings, the name of the book is Candy Cummings. And it's the life and career of the inventor of the curveball. Without Candy Cummings, folks, we would have a very different baseball game today. But Stephen Katz did a great, great uh, biography of Candy Cummings and his story. And let me tell you a little bit about Stephen. He's an attorney who taught and practiced law. I like that. Then served for 26 years in the legal office of the United Nations. And he's a member of the Society for American Baseball Research, of course, Saber. Stephen, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you here. Thank you very much, Marty. It's terrific to be here, and I thank you for your kind words about the book. Uh, well, and I'm, it's I'm a great forward to it. Yeah, it's a just get cooking here. I mean, it's a great story. To, he's a very important per, part of uh, baseball history. So let me ask you: uh, You're a lawyer. You've been part of the UN. How does yep. Candy Cummings enter your life? Well, Candy, uh, Candy and I share one thing in common, and that's that we were both born in the small central Massachusetts town of Ware, uh, and that's how be, <clears throat> that's how I became interested in Candy. It turns out, by the way, that uh, Candy is only one of seven baseball players from Ware who made it to the major leagues. <clears throat> Now, that's sort of remarkable because uh, it's a very small town. It's a, mill, a traditional Massachusetts mill town. And in 2017, I published a book about these seven players. Uh, and uh, the first one, the first chapter was about Candy Cumming. Uh, <clears throat> but he, I thought he deserved more than just a chapter in a book. I thought he deserved a full biography. Well, Candy Cummings was one of the most uh, one of the best and most celebrated pitchers uh, of the 19th century. Uh, as I discuss in the book, he was the inventor of the curveball, which had a major effect and immense influence on the development and evolution of the game of baseball as we know it. But he was a baseball pioneer. He was playing at the dawn of uh, professional baseball. He played in the National League. He's one of the first players in the National League. He was played. He was playing in uh, 18, uh, 1876 when the National League was founded, and he was the first president of uh, a uh, what is now regarded, at least by some people, as the first minor league. Uh, and finally, ba- uh, Candy Cummings is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was inducted in. Uh, uh, 1939, uh, and uh, there, uh, before my book, there had been no full-length biography of Candy, and uh, I thought he deserved more than just a chapter in, in a book, and so I set about uh, writing this biography. Well, it's terrific. Stephen Katz is with us. The name of the book is Candy Cummings, 
And, of course, as Stephen said, he, he pitched in the uh, 19th century, the beginning of baseball, and he really revolutionized the game. And, again, as I know it, and people would say, well, who invented the curveball? You say Candy Cummings, and that's really all I knew about him is that they said he invented the curveball. But, Stephen, uh, tell us a little bit about life for Candy Cummings. What was baseball life like for a young person uh, prior to the National League even being formed? Uh, what was baseball all about then? Baseball was <clears throat> was a very different game from the game that it is, uh, from the game that exists today. Uh, baseball, it had the baseball. First of all, the baseball that we're talking about is the baseball that really grew up in Brooklyn and in the New York City and Brooklyn metropolitan area. Uh, there were other versions of baseball around. There was a, another version in uh, New England. There was yet a third version down in uh, Pennsylvania. But the game that we know uh, that evolved in the game that we know today uh, had its origins really in Brooklyn. And that's where Candy Cummings grew up. He, uh, uh, his family moved from the town of Ware, Massachusetts, down to Brooklyn in 1852. But the game was very different then. Uh, the game was really a contest between the batter and the fielders and the fielders weren't very good in those days they weren't very uh they weren't very effective they didn't wear gloves uh most of the runs scored in the traditional baseball game were scored by errors so the the dominant player on the field was the hitter the pitcher played only a secondary role his role was to deliver the ball to the batter in such a way that the batter could hit the ball and put it in play. Uh, so the pitcher was playing a very minor role. He had, to, he had to cater to the proclivities of the batter, and the rules were very strict about uh, how the ball could be delivered to the batter. The pitcher had to deliver the ball underhand uh, with his arms straight, swinging perpe- perpendicular to the body, uh, much like the pitching of horseshoes, and I, I, I'm guessing that the, the word pitching that we use today uh, it, it really comes from uh, the technique of uh, the parallel of pitching uh, as you were pitching horseshoes. Uh, but you you had to swing your arm back and forth. You, you had to th- toss the ball underhand. You couldn't twist your wrist. It was a very mechanical process, and you had to give the the, uh, the batter the baseball, provide the batter with the baseball in in uh, the place that the batter wanted it, so he could put it into play. So it was very different, and uh, it was Candy Cummings and his curveball that really changed all that. Well, it's like uh, analytics. Candy Cummings figured out, boy, with analytics here, if I throw it off the plate, uh, they're not going to be able to barrel it up. So he saw that, that he could do that to the hitters. But it wasn't really legal, or was it legal what he was doing? Because you've described pitching horseshoes, and he had to do something with his wrist, as we know, to throw (laughs) the curveball. Now, why Candy's important is because, look, look at baseball today. He is the first person who figured it out how to twist the hand or twist the wrist to put a, a spit on the ball and get hitters out. So how did he How did he even learn how to do that? Well, the story that he told was that he got the idea of putting a spin on the ball, <clears throat> excuse me, 
uh, as uh, when he was with a bunch of his friends in Brooklyn. He was a young teenager, uh, and he was with a bunch of his friend, friends tossing clamshells. And his story is that he and his friends were watching these clamshells uh, twist left and right. And but, uh, then they got the idea, wouldn't it be fun if we could make a baseball do the same thing? Well, Candy was an inquisitive kid. Uh, he was a bright kid. Uh, and he was an educated kid. And so he set about <clears throat> trying to figure out uh, how to get a baseball to curve. And he worked on it for months and it turned out to be years. And he put his mind to it. And he uh, it, it, it sort of came to him that, well, maybe if I make the baseball, if you can make the baseball turn, uh, then maybe if you can make it rotate, uh, then maybe uh, that will make it curve. So that put him on the track of uh, put, of uh, twisting your wrist to make the baseball curve. Now that story uh, kind of that story may be apoc- apocryphal. Uh, we don't really know. There is there is no evidence uh, that I'm aware of to co- corroborate it. Nobody uh, who was there at the time uh, has co- corroborated it. Uh, but we do. What we do know is that he did <clears throat> develop the curveball. He was uh, throwing the curveball uh, in the 1860s, and uh, the story that he tells about uh, the inspiration is probably as good a story as any. Hmm. Candy Cummings is the name of the book. Stephen Katz, uh, K-A-T-Z, is the author. Of course, we support our local bookstore. The uh, book tree in Montclair, David can order it for you. I'm sure he would have it. It's really very interesting to read uh, how all this came about. Now, pitching changed. Uh, pitcher got to put side, be sidearm, got to throw overhand, uh, went back 50 feet to 60 feet, 6 inches. How did the curveball evolve with that? Because then now all of a sudden you're throwing the ball and you really can, can make it curve. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> as, as it, when it, when Candy was starting out uh, throwing the curveball, curveball was illegal. Uh, yeah, and as I said, under the uh, rules that prevailed at the time, you couldn't twist your wrist. And, and that's how Candy uh, tossed the curveball. Uh, but umpires were, were ignoring it. Uh, first of all, they, they couldn't really detect uh, the wrist twist from where they were standing. They, were, they weren't really standing where umpires are today. First of all, there, there was only one umpire, by the way, in, in those days, and he was standing uh, well behind the batter and, and sort of to one side. And so we couldn't really see it. But, uh, but, but the other thing is that uh, umpire, umpires uh, came to the conclusion that baseball, that this, that, that, uh, this curveball thing, this this movement that uh, this guy is putting on the ball is really good for the game because it's making the game more exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the uh, as we come to 1870, Candy first introduced curveball in 1867. Uh, as we get to 1870, uh, the curveball was uh, becoming uh, the Candy's use of the curveball was becoming more and more prevalent. It was becoming more and more tolerated. And then we get to the we eventually reach the point at which the uh, the governing body of baseball at that time, 
uh, began changing the rules. Now, they began changing the rules to allow uh, the arm to uh, depart from the perpendicular, uh, and eventually uh, the rules were changed to allow the, uh, the wrist to twist. And uh, from that point on, it was, it was history. And the, ba- and, uh, the curveball uh, came into uh, usage. It became recognized, the curveball, in the, into the early 1870s. The curveball began to spread to other pitchers. And uh, it just uh, grew and grew from there. So today, it's uh, for most pitchers, uh, it's part of their. It's an important part of their pitching arsenal. Mm. He was a big star. Uh, he was a big star because look, he was the Koufax, the Gibson, the Marischal, the That's Walter right. Johnson. Uh, he That's was right. he was the big star of the game. That's right. That's well, right. He was, yeah. <clears throat> and. He was starring uh, from an early age. His, 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 he got his start in organized baseball back in Brooklyn, uh, playing with <clears throat> with some of the amateur clubs there. Uh, in fact, all all baseball clubs were theoretically amateur in the uh, uh, mid and late 1860s. There were clubs that uh, were playing were paying uh, players to to play for them. But uh, in, they were notionally amateur. So Candy got, uh, that's where Candy got his start. Uh, one of the clubs that he was playing with uh, was called the Stars. Uh, and uh, another club was called the Excelsiors. Both of these were uh, big clubs in Brooklyn. Uh, <clears throat> it was in uh, when uh, Candy was still with the Excelsiors, which was around uh, 1867, uh, he, uh, the press were always were already calling him the boy wonder. He was already wowing people with uh, his pitching skills. And uh, as his career progressed, the 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 laudatory press coverage uh, just just increased. It it became widespread as knowledge of this uh, kid from Brooklyn who could make the ball bend on its way to the batter. As this spread, then uh, then the the press far outside of Brooklyn began to cover him, and he began to receive the same kind of uh, laudatory coverage uh, that he was receiving in Brooklyn, and uh, it it just continued year after year after year until uh, the high point of his career, which was uh, when he was playing for the for a big club in Hartford called the Dark Blues. In 1875 and 1876, he was receiving just tremendous press coverage. Of course, there were departures. You know, when he would lose a game, uh, the press uh, would sort of uh, come down on him. But but even when he was losing games, even if he did lose a game, uh, it was, as, as I said earlier, it uh, was probably more often because of errors by the fielders and the press were, were happy to let Candy off the hook. They said, well, Candy did well, notwithstanding uh, the loss, notwithstanding uh, uh, the fact that uh, the game, that his team was defeated. Uh, it, he pitched quite well. And uh, so he was receiving tremendous press coverage uh, through, throughout uh, his career uh, uh, up to its high point in the mid-1870s. 
Well, it's a pleasure having you on, Stephen. Uh, the book Candy Cummings, we don't have baseball today. The pitching is so important today, we don't have it without the beginning. And Candy Cummings was the beginning of, of the curveball, which led to the screwball and the slider and everything else. But he was the one who started a very big star, and he's, of course, a Hall of Famer in the first uh, big class in 1939 in Cooperstown. Stephen, a pleasure to have you with us. I'm glad you did the book, and uh, I'm glad to know that the curveball did have an origin, uh, and it came from pitching horseshoes. That's a that's a good image for me. So I appreciate yeah. having you on. Well, thank you very much indeed, Marty. I, I uh, really appreciate your having me on. Uh, uh, it was an honor for me to be here. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love the story of Candy Cummings. I love doing the book. And I'm uh, delighted to have been able to speak to you today. Good. No, big part of baseball history. I'm glad to do it. All right. More coming up. KMBR 680-1045, the sports leader. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was, hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.